They fought to preserve us a nation. They fought against the evil in this world, and they left us something if we could hold on to it. And I mean to not lose my country while I have been given stewardship of it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show, and joining me is my husband, filmmaker and author, Mark Archer. And Mixmaster. Yeah. Extraordinaire. Thank you. Together, we founded our nonprofit filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place to make that one-time or monthly donation to help us share truth and Jesus Christ through the art of movie making. Mm-hmm. And today, I am excited to share some encouragement. Yes, we have encouragement from the front lines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have been labeled as troublemakers. Uh, what else? Con- conspiracy theorists, uh, white, white nationalists. What was the, what was the word that seeing red uh, yeah, Nebraska used? Oh, grifters. Oh, yeah. Grifters, yeah. Uh, I don't like you because you're dangerous. Exactly. <laughs> nice, man. I am dangerous. What is this from? <laughs> Top Gun. Oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> oh, my word. So, anyway, so the elections happened. Yeah. And while we know. We've worked in nonprofit, in the realm of boots on the ground for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And seeing that change really happens at the local level. Absolutely does. And so we don't look at some of the bigger races across the country. It's really the local communities who are taking back their communities. And I am, I'm so excited because so many people... Um, who use the mind polluters as a tool to educate their communities, really pulled it off, blew it out of the park with votes and rallied people to the polls. And it was just very exciting to see so many school boards turn back towards a conservative, principled and valued um, way. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, what happened? (laughs) So let's talk about what happened. Yeah. So if you guys remember the um, Mama Bears in Texas, so they started their group, their organization in May Mm -hmm. of 2022. um, And they started it with a screening of the mind polluters, Mm -hmm. had huge growth in just a short amount of time. And in fact, were able to get three um, new candidates on the ballot you know, for November for their school, their, their local school board Mm -hmm. and all three of them won. Hmm. And so it was really incredible to watch and to see, and I'm not just talking one by a little, I'm talking one by a lot. It warms this grifter's heart. (laughs) Yes. Well, and in Nebraska, so there were, this is on a state level, they had the state board of education because here's the thing that we don't. Because how many of us we've seen and we've even shared some of the testimonies from parents who are showing up, moms and dads, and even students showing up at school board meetings, lecturing the school boards Mm -hmm. on the inappropriate materials that are in there. Well, guess what? When you get parents who are engaged enough, those same parents who are lecturing the school board, if they become 
the school board, yeah. change is going to happen. Yeah, and bet. so it is really, really exciting <laughs> to see because guess who makes policy in education? Mm-hmm. Education is the thread that runs through all of America. Yeah. So it, so it's, it is exciting. It's encouraging to see that, that there were conservative values put back into public education. Yeah. And it wasn't just... Texas and Nebraska. No, it was, it was, it was everywhere. We watched, oh, everywhere. We, we watched races here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. We're conservative candidate. There was a Florida, Georgia, Ohio. I mean, New Jersey, all over. Yeah, school boards getting completely flipped, or at least going from all leftist socialists <laughs> mm-hmm. to you know having a, a at least a tie, voice, right? Yeah, at least a voice of conservative values. Yeah. So don't tell me that it can't be done. I mean, that's, that's this is what we said in in the podcast prior is get out there. This is your chance to stop these people. Yeah. yeah. In where where you can see a difference. You know, we get we get frustrated with the national elections cuz let's face it, there is fraud in in the elections. And it's it's very frustrating that they mean to demoralize everyone so that you'll give up Mm -hmm. we can't give up because the uh the local level is where listen when the how did they start by you know decades ago taking over and eventually leading up to what's happened at the at the national level they started at the local level Mm -hmm. and they started by taking over these schools and radicalizing the school boards and so Two can play that game. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting and fascinating to me about the school board races is they're all, you know, everybody's late. It's nonpartisan, basically. (laughs) Right. So officially, right. Officially, it's it's all nonpartisan. But honestly, I really honestly believe things need to change with that because we see the awful policies that come from, I hate to say the left, but guys, it is the left. You you have awful policies destroying public education. It's 100% of the left and about 50% of the right. Right. Because, the listen, there are cowards on both the left and the right. Yeah. We expect conservatives, we expect Republicans to have some intestinal fortitude, and a lot of them don't. Yeah. And the ones that do get just thrashed, just thrashed. Well, that's why it takes strong men and women to mm-hmm. run for these offices, yeah. people that will stand there and take it and say, I don't care what you say about me. This is where we got to stand. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, and it's incremental. I mean, you got to realize that it's not going to happen overnight. If mm-hmm. you, especially if you've got a mostly left leaning school board, you, you can still take action. And mm-hmm. by all means, after your conservative candidates get elected and in office, that is not the time to just, wash your hands and walk away because they need your help. They need your support now more than ever. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that we, that we learned very rapidly. And in fact, even um, if you watch the mind polluters, Christy Stutzman talked about this, that she's a former Indiana state representative and she's, she talks about also a former educator, right? And a mom and a mom and a business owner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's someone who gets it. And she talks about how there's this, just what you said, there's kind of this expectation of, okay, we got you there. Now go do everything right. Yeah. Now, now is not the time to let off the gas. No. <laughs> you, it's, it's, 
full steam ahead, folks. And and just the same way that you know, the most of us look at that and go, "Why? Well, I, I don't. I don't think I'd want to do that job because I don't know anything about it." Well, you don't. Most you of don't, them don't know. Yeah. what they're doing either. And the fact of the matter is, you don't have to do that job, but you do have to look at what can you do. Right. What can you do to support that person who's in office, right. even if it's reading a book that is questionable. Um, even if it's taking meals to someone, you can, there are so much that all of us can do mm-hmm. together with unity to make it a better place, not just for, not just for families, but for everyone. Children need to be protected from these harmful ideologies mm-hmm. that are just overtaking the schools. Right. And let's talk too about what pastors can do for, absolutely for those who are holding office especially if you're in the capital city, why don't you reach out and, and, you know, become a, you know, a a prayer partner, Mm -hmm. an accountability partner, I think is what I'm looking for. Um, You know, we get, we get frustrated with uh, men and women, both that go, they, they get elected to office and then they go and start, you know, making bad decisions and end up in compromised situations you know, all the time, it's all the time this happens. Well, and what Christy talked about is the reason that happens is because they get down there and they are, it's like you're constantly cramming for a final Mm -hmm. and they're away from their families and, you know, the temptations are there. Well, and, and, and to that, thinking of just being away from their families, I can tell you it is, pro- it is probably going to be one of the most contentious um, legislative mm-hmm. sessions ever because so much of education. At, at every level. At every level. Yeah. And so even if you are someone, you could read the bills mm-hmm. for your yeah. legislators and help point out the errors and just help educate them because they don't have time to read every bill. That's right. Think, think about how many come through their desk and their office that, that they have to, they're supposed to know about. Yeah. Well, that's why it takes all of the grassroots to really understand because I, there are such strong, well-funded lobbying arms that show up and they do not have the best inter- interest for children at heart. That's right. That's right. So... Yeah, and especially as we're recording this, we're just getting, you know, uh, notification on news feeds that that it looks like at the national level, it appears that the GOP will take the House. Now, if that's true, you want to talk about a contentious, the next two years are going to be absolute war Mm -hmm. because the GOP can stop this dead in its tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the Senate is just by a razor thin margin. Yeah, but more but more than that, again, helping your local school board members, mm-hmm. and and just going through and helping keep them accountable mm-hmm. to what's going to be best. Yeah, morally, <laughs> educationally. Yeah, and I I think on the flip side of things, some of the I think the most shocking thing that that we saw in these midterms is these resolutions put before the voters in various states to basically codify abortion rights. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them are misleading. I'm sure that they were. That's what the left specializes in. But again, I would, 
you know, and I just look and I think, but the churches in those states, Michigan, Kentucky, Montana, right? The churches, if they have, if they weren't speaking out about these things, shame on them. Well, they, they've got enough to speak about now. Yeah. It's, well, shame on them. And I, and I hope that they will. This, this ongoing excuse of we don't want to get political. Listen, these are the same churches that probably said nothing when Roe was overturned. They said, and so then when it was brought up again and you had a chance to stop it again and you said nothing, shame on you. And if your church is one of those, then you need to, you need to point that out. It's time for a change. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to change, then it's, it's time for you to change churches. Yeah. There's just no excuse for it anymore. Now, one of the interesting uh, passages of scripture that we, that we came across as we were, we're going to share um, a, a clip here at the end of the podcast from uh, TPUSA Faith, Turning Point USA Faith. Um, I don't know what you call it. A, a, it's got over government. A session. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, got over government, kind of a rally mm-hmm. that we attended. And um, prayer that was offered by um, Nathan Peternell, who is the senior pastor at Life Paternal? Church. Peternell? I think Paternal? it's Peternell. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Pastor Nathan. <laughs> we love Pastor Nathan. We'll just call him Pastor Nathan. <laughs> who was on. Uh, and incidentally, he is, he and. Um, Pastor Micah Beckwith, who's been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. They have their own podcast called Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Mm-hmm. We'll leave a link to it in the show notes. And they had us on their podcast several months ago. And I don't know, we didn't share that here, but... Maybe we'll should, share it. We'll share the link to it. You can go and listen to it. Highly recommend it. It's a great, great podcast. Especially if you want to know more about Mark and Amber. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're so fun. We are fascinating. Um, anyways, no, 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 not really. <laughs> so talking about a passage from Jeremiah 18, uh, chapter 18, the, uh, let me, let me just read this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as seemed best to him. Okay, so let's pause there. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the image here that there's the potter and the clay. And the potter, of course, was making the clay, didn't like it, and reformed it into something else. Mm-hmm. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil, in my sight, and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. So the takeaway here, and I, it was one of those passages that I had read, but of course it wasn't there the first time I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) Um, This is, this is hope. 
for any nation. This isn't just for Israel. I mean, of course, it's the Lord talking to Israel. But what does it say? The Lord says, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. It's not too late for the people to repent. It's not too late. Mm -hmm. So you hear a lot in the churches, and I've even heard this from uh, from very well-respected pastors, even people like John MacArthur. And, and while what they're saying is true, it's not the whole story because they, they'll talk about how we're living in a Romans 1 time and the Lord is given over and mm-hmm. given over and given over and we're at the point of the giving over of depraved minds. And John MacArthur said... And of course, there's truth in it. He said, no nation ever comes back from this. But that's not what this says. Right. Um, maybe not completely come back from it, but but if our nation will repent, the Lord may relent. Mm-hmm. We're, there's no doubt that we're under the Lord's judgment. We've talked about that. And it's a, it's a terrible, it's a terrible time to watch what's happening in our nation. That's what we're seeing with all of this rampant immorality and crime and the transgenderism and Mm -hmm. pronouns and my truth versus your truth. I mean, we've just lost all sense of reality Mm -hmm. because we've, we've been given over so many times, but if we repent, the Lord may relent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, which is why it's so important for the church. And I'm not talking about the, the, just the pastors. I'm talking about the big C church. The church is God's people mm-hmm. is why we need to be speaking truth in the public square. Yeah. Uh, we can't sit in our, in our church buildings and pretend that everything's okay. And we, we turn around and walk out, see that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we say or do nothing. That, that time is over folks. We have got to get involved. We are in a spiritual battle like never before. And it reminds me, we were talking earlier this morning about things that we've learned about the church, the big C church, Mm -hmm. through all of our interactions through the years with little C churches, all the different kinds of churches that we've been exposed to. Quite fascinating, honestly. Because we travel a lot Mm -hmm. and we, gosh, we deal with all kinds, Mm -hmm. uh, Christians from every All kinds of of denominations, religious backgrounds, Mm -hmm. I mean... Well, you name it. Right. So uh, I grew up in a big church. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of always what I expected church was supposed to be. It was, it's a, it's a large church. It's a sending church. Um, it's always been a very generous church mm-hmm. uh, as far as sending missionaries out. Missions minded. Very missions minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's going to depend on the leadership. I remember... You know, the second pastor of the church, um, he resigned to run for Congress. Mm-hmm. But I remember how how much, how patriotic he was. That was just part of who he was. Mm-hmm. And so everything in the church was very patriot-minded. And, um, and so there, I remember people who were running for office and things like that coming and being given a platform to speak about the issues. I mean, they were obviously Christians who were Mm -hmm. holding office, things like that. Um, 
And that was just kind of what I always grew up expecting. But then we've seen the other side of things where you've got very small churches that are, how do I put this? They're, they're uh, doctrinally sound, but that's all they do mm-hmm. is just talk about their doctrine. And they don't really go outside of their walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it, it, so then I flip back to in the large churches. Um, so I remember the large church that I grew up at was once very <clears throat> traditional. Mm-hmm. We had an organ, we sang from hymnals, we had a full choir. Yeah. Um, and they'd have soloists, things like that. But it was very, is a lot like, mm-hmm. I think, what John MacArthur's church looks like now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then they became very, um, very modernized, um, uh, you know, Colored lights and uh, the 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 organ and the piano disappeared, and it got replaced with a worship team. Yeah, well, and <laughs> with I think, guitars and drums and the fog machine. And, yeah, and I think the thing that we really um, noticed and and just really changed perspective on mm-hmm. is what what really matters. Mm-hmm. What really matters with the church that you're going to, right? And it is that you're doctrinally sound, but it's also the people, mm-hmm. the people that you're going to link arms with, because it's one of the things that I hear over and over again in my mind. I can hear Micah saying it. When you walk with warriors, the conversation is different. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I get so fired up about is knowing that the people who I'm walking with are also out there fighting major battles yeah. locally and abroad. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, I kind of came full circle because I grew up in a church that I watched it go from traditional to very modern, almost woke, kind of went off the edge, and then we we've seen the small churches that basically go, oh, we're never going to be like that. We're going to be traditional because for apparently it makes you more spiritual. <laughs> if you sing out of hymnals only and, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And, and we, we just don't do what the big churches do. And, and, you know, you, you see that there's, there's a balance there and neither one is right. And neither, neither one is wrong. Yeah. There there's, it's just, it's just different approaches. It's the people. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, my, my takeaway, I think what the Lord is really, worked on me uh on over the course of seeing all of these all of these types of churches cuz we get to speak at different churches all the time and we and we see them we've seen huge churches out in the middle of cornfields and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tiny churches in major cities um they're all over the place and like you said it's about the people and whether or not yes the of course the doctrine has to be sound but you know what the music Eh. You know, it can take it or leave. It doesn't matter. I mean, everybody's got their preference. I'm not a big fan of the modern worship music. I like the the traditional hymns. But you know, there's something even more so, it, especially since we're talking about just our experience in traveling and, and going around. There, there is one common denominator 
that unites us all is mm-hmm. we love the Lord mm-hmm. and want to serve the Lord. I always say one body, many parts. Mm-hmm. That is that is such a great picture everywhere we go. Just feeling so much love, and and we love them just as much mm-hmm. everywhere we go. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what size the church is or what their worship style is. You can tell when you're in the company of other believers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you can tell when you're in the company of other other warriors, mm-hmm. you know, sending warriors who are who are on the front lines, on the front lines, wherever they're at, they're on the front lines. And then you can also tell when you're in a church that's dead because or timid, it, or timid. Yeah, you can tell, and so. It's important, I think, just for all of us to just remember that balance that just because it's the way you've always seen it doesn't mean that it's the only way mm-hmm. that it works. Yeah. So. But the Word of God never fails. That's right. Never changing. That's right. So on that note, I want to leave everybody with this uh, message from Pastor Nathan mm-hmm. from the TPUSA conference. I um, I have just grateful to see all of you here tonight. And uh, I, I love that you love our country. Um, if, if I haven't told you, my grandfather flew a B-24 Liberator in World War II. Um, I, yeah. I love my country. He was 26 years old, youngest, or actually he was the oldest guy in the cadet program. And uh, he didn't know it, but his kids were going to go on to, uh, he was going to have two kids who ended up going into the ministry. He had no idea. He was a Catholic man who uh, was religious but didn't really know the Lord very well. Tried to serve him, I think, to the best of his knowledge. But uh, we later stumbled upon a book that was written by one of the guys in his, um, in, in his plane, who later became the vice president of the 8th Air Force Historical Society, and he wrote a chapter on each of the 12 missions. And my grandfather had no idea about how many times, uh, you know, how how close he was to dying. Just things that happen, all kinds of miracle stories. And so I, I... I talk about him a lot. I think about him a lot. I never really got to know him, but I've gotten to know him through history. I've gotten to know him through reading books about him. To know what the greatest generation did for us, they fought to preserve us a nation. They fought against the evil in this world, and they left us something if we could hold on to it. And I mean to not lose my country while I have been given stewardship of it. And I see a lot of hearts today that feel that same way. I had a soldier call me. um, I was his youth pastor at one time. He went on to serve, I think, in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's an E8 today. But he called me because this past week, and he said... um, he said, Pastor Nathan, I, I've been given an opportunity to do a benediction, and I've never been asked to do that before. It's for my, you know, my whole group of guys that I lead, and, and there were a lot of Army recruiters. And he said just how hard it is right now. Morale is super low in the military um, just because it's, it's so difficult to get young people to, to join. And, you know, of course... 
it, it would be difficult if you're running the nation down all the time and, and you're teaching them not to be proud of what they've been given. And so he, he said, you know, there's just a lot of divorce within the guys that are recruiters. There's just a lot. There's suicide. And he said, and I feel like God's given me this opportunity. And he was kind of explaining to me the different situation. And he said, could you give me some ideas on a prayer? And I don't normally write prayers. I just pray them. But um, he asked me if I could jot some things down. And before I knew it, I had written the prayer and said, here. Um, I didn't plan to do this tonight, but would it be okay if I just read you the prayer and we could use that as our prayer? I said, you know, a lot of, a lot of us as Americans, we know what we want from God, but we don't realize really we need to be reintroduced to who he is. I said, reintroduce your company to who he is. Heavenly Father of lights, you step down into the darkness to illuminate and drive oppression far from us. You are the divine liberator who is the creator of freedom. For where the spirit is, there is freedom. You desire that our brokenness might be repaired and that the wholeness might be our portion. It only comes in you, O oh Lord, so direct every heart here to seek you. For your word says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You, God, are the healing God. Heal us, Lord. For the enemies of our minds and the enemy of our wills and the enemy of our emotions is seeking to steal, to kill, and to destroy us. But you came that we might have life. Send your Holy Spirit to shine on all the areas of our brokenness and speak a healing word to everyone who reaches out towards you. You healed in the Old Testament, you healed in the New Testament, and you, O oh great physician, still heal today. We ask you to heal our souls. We can find life in you alone. So many of us have experienced devastation in our years on this good earth. The locusts have devoured our years and our substance, but you can even make the deserts to bloom again. You bring beauty from ashes. You give the oil of joy in place of our spirit of depression. You are the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in you, though they were dead, yet shall they live. You said that you are the way. No man comes unto you except through him who you sent into this world. All things are held together in him, for he is the light of the world. He is faithful, and he is the chief cornerstone. And if we will build our houses on the rock, we will endure through the rain, though the rains and the floods come. But those who build on shifting sand will see their houses collapse. Have mercy on those who have not understood these things. We are not worthy of the favor that you give to everyone who believes, and this is truly astounding, amazing grace. You have not identified us as defeated, but as overcomers in you. We are more than conquerors, but you are our hero. 
you are the mighty one of Israel. You go before us into the presence of our enemies. And we have victory because you fight for us. And thus we will follow and we will fight for you. May we never forget how we have become a great nation. For you are our God. You were on the lips of our founding fathers. And may you likewise be on our lips. For we call to you in humility and we honor your mighty name. And we need you. We dare not go without you. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You strengthen us. You train our hands for war and our fingers for battle. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried out to my God for help. And he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry for help before him came into his ears for we are weak by comparison and you are the almighty. Give us hearts to serve. We don't serve ourselves, but we are ministers of the righteousness to bring correction to evildoers. Make us humble of heart, for all have sinned. Make us both just and merciful as you are. And keep us focused on service to our country and serving the, the God of our people. For you became a servant and you gave your life as ransom for many. May we not hold on too tightly to our lives. Let us use them for your glory. Lord of the harvest, the laborers are few. We need you to send the laborers and the soldiers to us. We must find the ones that your Holy Spirit is drawing. Send them to us and us to them. For you alone are the recruiter of heaven to your kingdom. Help us to do as you do and place the right ones in the ranks of the United States. Go before us and set the appointments. Make us true to our words and bring the right men and women in. For we need you, Heavenly Father. We beseech your blessing and your aid in the name of the Savior, your Son and Servant, Jesus of Nazareth. So be it and amen. Well, thank you guys for sticking around to the end. That's all the time we have for today. Have a wonderfully blessed week and we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Be sure to check out fearlessfeatures.org to learn more about the movies we're making and how you can get involved and help with our ministry. Have a wonderfully blessed week.